Hello, I'm Rob Dietrich, the master distiller and blender for Black and American Whiskey. Pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cask Chasers podcast. What's up, Aaron? Not much, man. I'm just hanging out. Um, we we had a little bit of a a brunch that involved no food, so I'm I'm a little nervous about continuing we, to record now. Well, I'm scared how together we are after having Irish coffees, Bloody Marys, and now we're moving into. I feel like we should be lying down on the floor, and we are not. Yeah, I can I tell you how bummed I am. So for the listeners, as you know, our director Katie is somewhere in the process of having a baby. Two yeah. days ago, yeah, when, still when, hasn't happened. Yeah, when we're yeah. at the time of us recording this, which hopefully by the time this releases, she would have had the baby. Because yeah. gosh, it usually takes us a month, month and a half to turn so around. But I'm, she she's well into her fourth trimester now. I'm bummed sure. she's not here. She's a she's a big fan. Um, you know of the of the whiskey we're about to talk about. She she's had it before. And uh, the band, too, who was kind of an influence, I guess. Yeah. And it kind of, there's a little nostalgia for me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. um, I'm a huge Metallica fan. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up with them. That's, I had their first album when they first came out. Um, I'm only 28 years old, which is which is crazy weird. that I it's was now. weird that you were listening yeah, to Metallica yeah, in so the much. 80s, which was, <laughs> um, but um, but I, I I like the legacy here. Um, obviously, we're talking about Blackened, and you know our guest uh, Rob will be coming on soon. I'm a huge fan of his. Um, I'm a huge fan of the late uh, Mr. Pickerel, um, who passed away, as we all know. And um, I, I think this is a really cool innovative way to produce blend um and make and create whiskey and i love that i'm so excited and honestly i'm i'm interested just to hear about the process itself because there's a lot of people that are you know does it really make a difference what does it do what doesn't it do we're about to learn from the man the legend i I, I mean it's it's a good thing we're having this conversation with anybody can tell us anybody can tell us yeah it's gonna be our guest so let's 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 bring bring him on on. ladies and gentlemen um rob dietrich how you doing rob I'm good, gents. I'm happy to be here. Happy to join uh, Cast Chasers, talk about uh, all things whiskey. Right on, man. I'm actually at the house of an army buddy um, oh, who nice. I haven't seen in, in several years. We uh, we were in um, we were deployed to Somalia together, so we were oh, wow. um, at his house. Cool, cool. That's awesome. Well, thank you for your service, first and foremost. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Those pork chops, brother. I was thinking that. Are <laughs> metal. So, like me, like me, me and Bobby, we've been we've, amazing. We've, we've started sort of shaping our beards in, getting a little bit of chunk on the sides yeah. of the beards, and like this is Rob's got next level. Yeah. Um, it's metal, man. It yeah, works. It is. It's I love it. I really dig it. That's cool. That's so. our new thing is we comment on people's beards. I yeah. guess now. Okay. When we were thinking about it. Hey, Rob. <laughs> I feel like COVID kind of offered a, a, a lot of opportunity for uh, new new beard shaping. I think for a lot of people, it's shaped. So yeah, you know these these things actually started as a you know I grew up I I did a motorcycle trip across Argentina and Chile, and I just grew out a big beard and the uh, the the middle part was was like shock white. It looked like I dipped my my chin in milk or something, (laughs) and so I'm like, well, if I just shave that off and then I keep the sides, then uh, you know I still got all the red. Well, you know that's been years and years ago. Now these are all obviously. uh, uh, a little, a little older. That's right. Not a lot of red left. 
yeah. no, no specs of it i'm, I'm in that's all experience right there that's yeah. all experience <laughs> well, it looks awesome man um and Dude. you brought up chili uh we're um i like to bring it up every time i can <laughs> our podcast is and i'm not even kidding we're number one whiskey podcast in chile number one in chile so, so oh that's, that's fantastic I, yeah, yeah i rode uh, i rode over the indies i rode from uh, buenos aires to uh uh, Mendoza and then over to Santiago and then back to Buenos Aires. It was wow. about a, about a month long ride, um, winding around through the, the Andes. I'm, I'm a big international motorcycle rider. I love riding. That's awesome. Wow. Well, Hey man, I am a huge fan. I said it at the beginning. I mean it. Um, I was, I was hooked when, you know, you know, pick rolls came out at the very beginning, this, this partnership, um, you know, rest in peace to him. Cause he was a legend in the whiskey industry. And then you took the helm and, um, great stuff as you know, I, I'd like to jump right into kind of where you came from, um, where you're coming from and how the torch was kind of passed, because I think that's a really neat story. And, and then hopefully we can get into the, 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 the brown whiskey itself, you know, cause it's, it's just sitting in my glass waiting to be drank. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. My distilling um, past kind of connects to all the the different you know jobs I think I've had throughout the years. You know, I was in the the 10th Mountain Division in the Army. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm I'm at my buddy's house here right now in uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. A guy I was uh, deployed to Somalia with, and haven't seen in many years. So it's a little reunion going on here. Um, and from my military history, you know, I spent uh, 10 years in music business, um, working music production. Uh, rigging, tour management, uh, you know, stage management, stage management, that sort of thing. Actually, had worked a uh, Metallica show when they uh, headlined Lollapalooza '96 mm. uh, in San Jose. So it was a nice. uh, for me, you know, kind of a full circle experience to be able to come back and, and make whiskey for um, and with uh, with the band. Um, and I got my cut, my my chops <clears throat> again. Um, I I met the the original. Uh, the, the owner and founder of, of Strain Against Colorado Whiskey in Denver. And I met the, his original head distiller in a, uh, in a bar of all places, of course, <laughs> who, who would, who would have thought right, he would have been right. frequenting a bar. Um, and we, uh, we hit it off over our mutual love of vintage motorcycles. At the time, my buddy and I had built a, a, a diesel motorcycle that we were running on vegetable oil. So I was into alternative fuel and I was, I was, in the uh, in the process of converting my Mercedes uh, uh, 300D diesel into running off of vegetable oil, so I had a big tank in the in the trunk, and um, so we started talking. and said, "Oh, I've got a motorcycle down at my distillery that I am running off of. Uh, I'm, I'm working. I'm running it off the heads, which is the waste product from the stills." So we were, um, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's that sounds cool." And I was like, "Wait, you have a distillery? I want to see this place." And it was as soon as I walked in, I saw that 800 gallon copper still. I was in love. I was like, I want to know how to make that machine run. That's awesome. And I want to learn how to make whiskey. So I, I started working there. I was the second person hired um, by Jess Graber, the the founder of, of Strand Hands. And later uh, we, we created Tin Cup Whiskey. Um, all of those um, those early days, you know, we just wore all our hats. You know, I was, I was the night shift guy making whiskey from 1 a.m. to 9 a.m., uh, for about four years straight, you know, and so you'd fire up the stills. If you had gotten everything done, you might be able to rack out for, for 20 minutes or so. Um, there was a, I had an army cot that was, uh, uh, right at the base of the still. And I bring my dog Bruce in and he would sleep underneath the still. Cause it was, that was the warm spot. So I had a little, little bed set up for him in there. 
And I, you know, I just started learning all aspects of whiskey. And, and at the time, you know, making the whiskey, um, starting to taste whiskey, learning how to blend whiskey, um, you know, really had a lot of fun with creating our, our snowflake program or adding to our snowflake program, I should say, at, at, at Stranahan's, where I would take single malt whiskey, do different cask finishes in a variety of different barrels, and then, uh, and then and marry those together and, and create something, a special limited release, which um, had its own little following um, in those days. And then, and then, uh, you know, eventually, um, work my way up to the head distiller. And then later on, uh, uh, uh master distiller, uh, for Stranahan's whiskey and tin cup. And then of course, you know, I, I was, I was friends with Dave Pickerel. He was, uh, as you, as you mentioned, Bobby, he's a, he's a legendary, uh, was a legendary distiller, um, and a friend. And, uh, you know, we're all, we're all very kind of close knit in, yeah. in our community of, of distillers there. And I was I was at the event that he passed away in um, November first in uh, 2018. That was in uh, San Francisco at the Whiskey Fest there. So you know the way I look at it is that uh, he he loved talking about whiskey. He loved being on the road uh, and engaging with people, talking to him about whiskey. So as the way I look at it, is he died with his boots on. You know he yeah. he died doing what he loves, and and that's 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 key and that's important. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean we uh, <clears throat> when we're when most of our listeners know we, we record these episodes a little bit in advance. And when we're recording this, it is uh, the beginning of November and I've just been seeing stuff pop up on Facebook, Instagram, you know, people that knew that knew Dave, people that loved Dave had had interactions with him and their memories of him. And it's really been, um, I mean, obviously, you know, there, there's an, an inherent sadness to, you know, losing someone like that, but it's, it's, it's been celebration really of his life and just everything he did and fantastic fond memories. And that's been really cool to see. Unfortunately, we never got to speak with Dave, but um, I think we, we started the podcast very shortly after he was gone. Yeah. But I mean, it's even just to talk with you and talk with, you know, the other people that were very close with Dave is an honor for uh, us. Obviously we understand his, his legacy and everything. And, you know, Whistle Pig and some of the other products he's been a part of, um, you know, I mean, he's a rye master, was a rye master. So oh, yeah. to see, you know, this kind of cool, um, a little commercial, and I'll be honest, you know, product come out and then it, but for it to be a good product, I think just kind of spoke to him, you know, what he was about and what he could create. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm a fan of 10 cup too. So you're, sure. you're no, you're no short of uh, legendary yourself. Um, and we love to put people on their, on their, it's funny when we get a guest on and they are in their own right. Awesome. And we tell them that they always feel like, what are you talking about? I go to work every day. Um, right. but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I, I liked, I like to remind you of that. So you get the torch. Well, kind. I mean it. You get the torch passed to you, and we see your first product with the first official product with Blacken um, is that you're, you want cast strength, correct? Uh, yes. Well, I started I started dialing the batches in. You know, when you're dealing with a blend, um, it, it, the the you know the key to um, it, the the whiskey is is maintaining that quality and consistency of the whiskey. So what I will do is, you know, for example, if you have batch. Uh, 112 in front of you, you're drinking 112. I'll take batch 111, use that as my control. So I'm, you know, I'm sipping that, nosing that as I'm making batch 112 so that I can identify exactly the same parameters that I need for, uh, the, the, you know, the, the elements of the whiskey. Um, and so, you know, and then from there, you know, we'll let that sonic enhancement do those little subtle changes, which I can get into here a little bit later. But, you know, blending is, is, is really, you know, kind of the, the, the key element uh, um, 
uh, on maintaining that balance there. And so when I started, I, I started dialing in, uh, you know, our original and then the cask strength was kind of the, the first official one that's, um, you know, I, I know we all as whiskey enthusiasts, whiskey lovers, um, we love a good cask strength whiskey sure. um, because we like to drink the whiskey. We, you know, we're all adults. We like to drink the whiskey. We, we like to, so you can add just a little bit of water. You can drink it at that cask strength, just straight or add just a dash of water, let that whiskey open up and bloom, or maybe add a couple ice cubes. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I joke that my favorite cocktail is, is whiskey and ice. <laughs> That's about <laughs> as complicated one. as I like to get. When <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and this one was, I mean, using black brandy uh, cask. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of of secondary finishes and and interesting ones. And although brandy exists, you really don't see it uh, too too much. I mean, mostly it's rum, sherry, sure. or specifically when you're talking scotch. Um, so, what made brandy other than it being black in the name? Because I'm sure that had something to do with it. Black brandy. Um, what made brandy the go to um, the go to cask to finish in? You know, that was a, that was a Dave Pickerel decision. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, um, you know, when, when he set out to make this blend and, 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 you know, even to your point earlier, Bobby, the, um, you know, is, you, you know, it's a great whiskey, somewhat commercial, but the, the reason, um, that it, uh, has that commercial aspect is, is the connection and relation, obviously to Metallica. Uh, the, the thing that was most important to them when they set out to make this whiskey was that they wanted it to stand on its own. They wanted it to be authentic. They didn't want to go to a large company and just have them make a Metallica line, right. um, slap a Metallica label on it. They wanted this, this whiskey to stand alone. And, and that was, um, you know, a, a full blown collaboration between Dave Pickerel and, and the band, uh, Metallica. So they were, they were working closely together to, to create, you know, they, and they were, they were very, clear from the beginning that look we know how to make we know how to make music you know how to make whiskey um and you know and they and they obviously selected you know the 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 top guy for it i'd heard about this project kind of through the grapevine before um they had fully you know done their select you know selection of of their master distiller and i i um and, but they were already looking at Dave, you know, I would had someone come to me and say, Hey, what do you know about this Dave Pickerel guy? Um, and this was someone that is connected to the band. And they said, well, you know, we, and I said, Oh, you're in great hands. You're yeah. in, in this the guy's legendary. And so, you know, he's even been uh, on record as saying that this is his legacy whiskey. You know, he, he set out to create something, take all these great whiskeys that stand independently on their own, blend them together. And then his choice for the cask finish was that, that brandy, um, the brandy cask, you know, and I've done a lot of cask finishes in the past, but I'd never worked with brandy. I'd, you know, I'd worked with uh, cognac and sherry and, and uh, Madeira casks and, and a variety of um, rum um, and, and all these little elements. Brandy was super intriguing to me that he, that he made that choice and it works, you know, it works fantastically. Oh, you know, you got that, yeah. All the sweetness of the, of the bourbon, um, you know, part of the blend. Then you got all the aspects of the high rye. Um, you know, those balances of those earthy tones. And then you have this nice underlying tone of, of stone fruit, you know, brandy. Um, it, it was really a, an excellent choice on, on Dave's part. Um, and, you know, in the beginning, I agree. It works, you know, and as honest as you can be, cause I know you're kind of a part of the company. Now I don't want you to, were you a little, when you first heard about 
the project specifically when Dave was working. I mean, when you hear a Dave Pickerel working on a project, you right. kind of You're accept just like, it. That's probably good. Was yeah. there some skepticism? I mean, was there was there were you were you a little bit like, how is this going to play out? Is it gonna is it gonna fall into the right? group of you know the masses are they going to accept the whiskey people are they going to accept it did that come across mentally because i mean one of the conversations we have is a lot of people say it is too commercial you know it's just a band putting another band putting their name on a bottle of whiskey and luckily the people that we know that are whiskey aficionados and real whiskey people they've tasted it before they start talking shit on it and it's good it's super good luckily it comes from good real whiskey people dave yourself but there's skepticism. There was a little bit. Did you, were you a little, cons- not, I don't want to use the word concerned. Were you a little skeptic? Were you a little like, how does this play out? And then is the, the I'm sure you heard about the sonic, um, you know, enhancement beforehand. Was the science already sound in your head or did you have to like, did it have to be proven to you? You know, and, and it is interesting because there is, uh, I think, I think with any brand, and this is not just, uh, you know, a celebrity brand, even though there's a, there's an added connotation to a, a celebrity brand. Um, I think with any brand, you're, you're always, there's some skepticism, some level of skepticism until you actually try the whiskey. Uh, and, and for me, um, the, the proof is always in the glass, Yeah, you know, that that's where, you know, when it, when it hits, when you hit your palate and you, and you're like, okay, that's, that's, that's the first thing I needed to know. Okay. This whiskey tastes fantastic. There so you go. Yeah. What, what, what are the, what are the next elements that I can start to unravel with this? You know, and when I, when I was first approached about taking, uh, taking up the mantle where, where Dave left off and, and bringing my, you know, bringing my own skill sets to, uh, to play. I, uh, you know, the, the one thing that I was uncertain to me, like, you know, I'm a whiskey nerd, you know, I, I I'm going to dive deep on, on grain, water source, yeast, fermentation, temperatures, distillation, barrel aging, cask finishing, all those things I'm, you know, I'm, I'm well versed in and there's always more out there to learn. There's always another way to make whiskey. There's always, you know, there's always something to learn about it. Um, however, when it came to the sonic enhancement aspect, that's where, you know, I dove deep on my research um, and, and studying on, you know, why, why does this work? How does this work? You know, does this work? Um, I, I had actually been playing around with uh, a concept of controlled cavitation prior to that. Um, I had seen this, uh, I, I'd seen this guy who had made a device that was taking, you know, if you, if you've grown up in anywhere cold and, and you, and you've been in a building that had old, the old radiant heaters. Mm-hmm. And when they first fire up and they start clanking, you know, that's, that's heat and cold, you know, contracting and expanding. That's, um, that's motion that creates motion that creates energy. And so I was, I was looking at trying to use uh, an element of controlled cavitation um, prior to uh, hearing about sonic enhancement. And of course, as soon as I heard that, I was like, Oh, that makes perfect sense. You're using sound to create movement, you're creating yeah. motion and, uh, and, you know, kind of dive in a little bit on that, on that process. Um, you know, this was an idea that Dave had come up with, um, when, of course, when he told the band, they loved it. Um, you know, they are the, you know, I was just I'm, 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 my ears are still ringing from, uh, from their show last night. That was, you know, the, the wall of sound, yeah. uh, of Metallica, um, they are, uh, you know, they love, they absolutely love the idea. So what we did was we, we took all the professionals. We took the, you know, we had the band, we took Meyer Sound, who creates that wall of sound, the proprietary, um, you know, speakers and subwoofers that they use for the band. Uh, we had them work with, uh, with our team to create a proprietary device that we use to create, uh, vibration. Um, inside the barrel and that's at a low frequency. So of course, you know, the, the, the fun part, if you're a Metallica fan is that we're playing, um, you know, different playlists from Metallica 
Um, you can actually go to blackenedwhiskey.com and look up the batch number from your bottle, see which band members selected that playlist. And right next to it is a Spotify icon or an Apple iTunes icon. Take a photo. It will populate that playlist. You can listen to the playlist that was used to song play enhance. Hi, during the summertime, you continue to hate whiskey, right? I do. (laughs) But you enjoy a good cocktail. I do. I am really excited to tell you that Impex Beverages has a line of cordials and liqueurs called California. Okay. Made by a guy named Martin Yeager. Okay. And he's from Sweden. Mm-hmm. And he's bringing a, this Swedish twist to classic spirits. Okay. Fernets, Amaros, Falernums. Great. I don't right? know what any Aquavit. of those things are. You've had them all. Oh. You've just had them in cocktails mixed oh. with other things. Okay. To make your life a better life. Okay. They're pure. They're natural. Barely any sugar. Nice. Something to look out for. Because now with with Impex, we're spreading it all around the country now. Fantastic. California spirits. Okay. You know what else? What? Impex Beverages is a proud sponsor of the Cast Chasers podcast. Excellent. Uh, the barrel. I didn't and know there's science that. That's so cool. That's I, I, so cool. I saw the playlist. I didn't realize it zoomed in that much. I, didn't, I didn't realize it was a different one for each batch and you got that much. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you should look it, it reminds me. So the, the and we have a lot of our, our the great thing about our show, you know, Rob, it's a mix of um, whiskey enthusiasts and very brand new people. And I think we do a good job of kind of scooping both populations up. Um, so I'd like to really get into what that means, sonic enhancement, but also really how the whiskey interacts with the barrel because some of them don't even understand that process. Not You don't have to go too deep. But what I want to say before you jump in that, that process reminds me, have you ever been in like a lab? I don't know the name of the tool. There's, I'm sure we have some scientists listening and they're screaming <laughs> it. But they'll put like a beaker of a chemical on like this vibrating machine and it will sit there and literally... Oh, like the thing that mixes it, you mean? Like the, well, no, it'll like... Yeah, that uses, yeah. That uses magnets. So you're, you're actually going to... You're using magnets that you put inside the, the beaker and it will spin it. It'll yeah. actually create a rotation with the magnet, and that's how you that's how you get a good blend on your on, on the stand. That vibration. So it, that kind of makes it made sense to me. So when people are like, "Oh, what are they playing music to the barrel?" There's there's obviously people that are you know the is this just shtick? Is this whatever? I and, buy you know, in. And my, but my my thing is if there if there's if there's vibration. And we all know from science class that vibration does all these different things and moves things and like sound is vibration. Like obviously it does something. Well, keeping the liquid but, agitated has to, yeah. you know, cause some but, type but of. Rob, Rob, tell us more. Make because us, because we're we are not scientists. Pretend at all. we're dumb. I will, Pre- I will happily. <laughs> explain you don't that have to, to you. pretend no, we're dumb. Like yeah. I would just, no, we just no, are. It, 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 it is fascinating to me, especially if you're you know if you're um, a whiskey nerd or or even about barrels. Um, I, I'm going to, the way I'll, I'll, I'll explain this might help make more sense. So I'm going to talk about how a barrel natural, how whiskey naturally ages in the first place. So we put spirit in new make spirit into a, a brand new white American Oak with a number three char barrel. Uh, it's going in clear. It looks as clear as water. It's going to have some viscosity to it. It's going to have some legs to it. If you put it in a Mason jar and shook it around, you're going to see some of those, those, those fusel oils in there and those, those legs. Um, so it's clear when it goes into the barrel, when you char a barrel, 
all the natural sugars, the vanillins, all those tannins in the wood are going to rise to that burn surface and create a caramelized band of sugar and flavor. So that spirit is going to interact with that, that caramelized band of sugar and pick up all that flavor. Now, in the heat of the day, the pores of the wood are open in the barrel. So the whiskey is moving into the wood itself. It's picking up those sugars. And then when it's cold, that expels it back out into the belly of the barrel. So now you've got a natural kind of flowing rhythm of how whiskey is aging. If it's at the top of the rack house, um, it's a lot warmer up there. The pores of the wood are going to remain a lot more open. There's going to be a lot more spirit interacting with, with wood. It's going to be going into that wood a lot more readily. So it's going to be a lot darker. Now, if it's at the bottom of the rack house, it's going to be a little bit, a little bit probably less dark because the, the pores of wood are not as open all the time. So now you've got all these different nuances and just, uh, you know, this kind of almost living, breathing thing with the barrel. Uh, moving in and out of the wood. So now you're getting 100% of your color from the wood. You're getting about 40 to 50% of the flavor from the barrel itself. And it's creating that red line within, uh, you know, if you take a, a barrel apart and you take the whiskey stave out, you're going to see that red line. That's that's where the whiskey has gone, uh, you know, to to its its limits in, in natural natural aging process. Now, what we're doing with black noise, uh, and we have trademarked that because we have, you know, we have science behind behind this process. Um, we've trade, trademarked our process. The black noise sonic enhancement, we are taking low frequency sound we, and we have the device um, and can't really describe exactly how we do it as of yet because we're still patent pending. Um, as soon as we do, I'm, I'm, we're going to be <laughs> showing exactly what we're doing here. But this it is a it's a it's to me, it's fascinating because we are we are taking this this noise. So if you think uh, of, of of a subwoofer and you and you you know you hear that boom boom boom, and and anytime you've been at a concert and you've walked in front of a speaker and you feel that vibration mm -hmm. in your chest or in your belly and you're feeling motion, that's movement. Um, that's exactly what we are mimicking inside the barrel. So now we're taking uh, low frequency sound, and of course it's it's always a Metallica playlist, and they're always different for every batch. Um, that motion of sound, that that movement is creating vibration in the barrel. So that whiskey is moving in and out of the wood at a rapid pace. It's going past the red line. So we're picking up all these other crazy flavors mm. past the red line because we're pushing, you know, we're pushing this thing. We're aggressively vibrating um, the whiskey inside the barrel. It's agitation. Um, there is a, a, a an experiment that someone did on YouTube where they took a speaker, set it up in their backyard, took a garden hose and 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 hung it over the front of the speaker and then poured, you know, they turned on the water, it was moving in from the speaker and they had a little knob and they were they were turning up and down the frequency on that speaker. So as soon as the sound was coming out, that water started to spiral. It turned into a coil and started to spiral. And then he turned it to a different frequency. It reversed the spiral. Mm. It was, it, it's, it's really fascinating to see what sound can do to liquid. And that's exactly what we're doing inside the barrel. So that low frequency sound is now moving that, that whiskey in and out of the barrel. And when we first started this, you know, we, we we're, we're test pilots, you know, where this is a pioneering, a, right. a new, a new process altogether. So we took a barrel that had, uh, we took the same whiskey. We put it in two separate barrels, one barrel. We isolated in one room, the other barrel, we put into another room. We put the sonic enhancement equipment on that. We played both of these at the same time, uh, did a cast finish for about three to five weeks. Then we pulled samples from both those barrels and we sent them off to the lab and we found, and, and we were in, ecstatic to find that the um, you're, you're looking for nine different flavor profile markers inside the barrel 
every single one of those flavor profile markers were enhanced on our sonic enhanced barrel. They were elevated in that, in that, in that barrel. So we had the scientific proof that our process made a difference inside the barrel with the whiskey. So I'm so glad that you just said that. That's amazing. That's something that I was going to ask was at some point, was there a, a control basically, you know, where, where there was whiskey that did not go, you know, into this sonic enhancement, whatever the proprietary thing is that we're not allowed to describe or whatever. And then one that just sat there. yeah. Yeah. And then one that just sat there and didn't do anything. And it's funny. You talk about like YouTube videos with water and whatever, and you'll, you'll see stuff like that all the time, changing frequencies or even, you know, a change in a song. And I, I've even seen it on like a table that has some sort of speaker or something in it and it, or with sand and it literally makes different shapes. Like it'll be like, you know, like straight lines and then little circles and all this other kind of stuff. So that's snowflake patterns. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, that's, that's, uh, I hearing that number one, I'm so excited that you said there, at some point there was a, you know, a control barrel or barrels, um, and number two, it, like how how could it not make some sort of difference, good or bad, um, just to do that? And I, I one thing you said that I never even occurred to me is that it literally is pushing the pushing the whiskey beyond that red line, you know, because then yes. like you said, you know, spiraling in one direction and then spiraling in another direction, and you're literally forcing it to go more literally this direction and literally that direction. It's mind-blowing. Not to get too deep and too... Because I love... That's what I love about whiskey people. The science always tends to... The the nerdy science-ness, which we are all about, and the rock star-ness kind of blends together. I mean, you think yeah, like yeah. Patrick Heist is always our go-to with that with that analogy because, you know, in a band and, uh, you know, a whiskey nerd like yourself. Um, with you, So you're using sound. You're doing all these things. Is temperature a part of this process? I mean, have you experienced with controlled? Is it? Is, I'm, I, and again, that's probably a long conversation. But is that something on the? Does that change anything? Is is temperature a part of the process now, or is it just momentum and movement at this point? It, it, it will always have an effect. You know, when I was making single malt whiskey in Colorado, we were high desert, uh, so that that you know we kept it seventy degrees and forty five percent humidity in the rack house. So that you get a lot more interaction with the wood. Um, for us, we're we're not, um, you know, our focus is on the sonic enhancement while we're doing the cask finishing. So that uh, that aspect is, uh, you know, we're not really looking at the heat. We're just we're 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 in normal uh, normal barrel house temperatures yeah. Yeah. Um, for where we're at. And you know, going back to the a little bit more of the science on it, um, if you look. You know, if, if anyone's familiar with the, what the, the front label of the blackened whiskey bottle looks like, it is a sound wave. It's an actual sound yeah. wave. I and was that represents, ask. yeah, that represents our, our black noise sonic enhancement process. And also when you, when you look at it, um, it, it has peaks and valleys. You know, if anybody's seen a sound wave, the representation of, of, uh, of sound, um, those peaks and valleys represent motion and movement. So that movement is going to, affects how much is moving the whiskey in and out of the barrel. 
The other little Easter egg nugget of that is that's an actual sound wave of James Hetfield singing the word blackened. That's what so I was going to ask you. Yeah. He keeps answering questions before I ask them. I, I was like, going to yeah. say. <laughs> so Which is great. This on, is great. On our Instagram, we posted a picture of um, the bottle. We, we When we have an episode, we always post kind of a peek into the show. Um, and I posted a picture, and I was wondering if – because you see these little um, – these little wing. I mean, if you think of the Legion, um, the the um, you know Beam Centauri bottle, it's right. it's it, you know it's a blend of uh, of both of their faces. So I I knew there had to be purpose behind the sound wave there, and that's that's just, that's of course freaking, that's freaking cool. Um, it, it's well, it's a good it's a good Metallica Easter egg without you know over metallicizing that you know this yeah, again yeah. Well, this and, whiskey stands on its own. It, <laughs> over metallicizing. <laughs> You know, in, in um, you know, blind uh, whiskey competitions, we've won, you know, gold and double gold. That was always, always, always the the purpose. You know, when you're, we all know, you know, whiskey, you, you're, if you're going to jump into the whiskey game, you, you have to make great whiskey. You know, yeah, that whiskey yeah. is yeah. Got to be top notch. And that was, that was something that the, the band took very seriously. And, uh, but, but they couldn't, they couldn't help but have a little bit of fun and have some Easter eggs in there, uh, you know, for the, for for well, and, fans and like myself. Another cool thing to me is, I mean, obviously blackened Metallica. Like, I mean, if you're any sort of Metallica fan, like, yeah, obviously that's Metallica. But like, if you're not, and you just see this bottle of whiskey and it says blackened, you, you're not going to find Metallica, you know, as a word anywhere on the bottle. You know what I mean? Nowhere. And that's cool to me too. And I want to, I know, I don't want to, you know, go down any kind of path with this but i as a metallica fan and it's the obvious is metallica had their run-ins with you know alcohol and everything sure. and i know i know james is um is dry now and you know god bless him for that and but what and i think you and i you know before we start recording rob kind of talked about this a little bit what i appreciate with the band is it it's not about booze necessarily it's about their respect for whiskey as an art and the it's, reason it's about quality. That's what it. Yeah. And the reason yeah. our podcast exists. I mean, who? I mean, it's a random. It's a weird. It's. It seems to be a weird thing to make a pot. We tell people that come to our house and they see all our whiskey, and you know, they're like, "You got a show <laughs> about this? And why do you have a room full of like? We need to call somebody to help." That's right. But That's right. what we try to understand, have them understand, it's, it's it's a hobby. It's yeah. It's a hobby. Leave me alone. Um. It's a. There's an art form. There's a there's an appreciation. There's work. There's ethic. There's like you said. There's quality and and craftsmanship that goes into this. I love seeing people in other art forms taking appreciation to that and then investing time and everything to it and seeing it as more than just you know something you pick up at the liquor store. Passion, love, work, sweat, tears went into this, um, and now we see innovative science that. Hopefully no one else can do right away because patents pending. Well, yeah. And Rob, you were speaking to this a little bit. um, And this is a big thing with us, especially because we run a a whiskey group. We have a whiskey podcast. And, you know, when people come over to our house, they go, wow, you have a lot of booze. It is very important to us. Just this, you know, we will multiple times a year just do a dry week. You know, where oh, none sure. of us are drinking anything Responsible, at all. yeah. And, and you, you, prior to recording, and I'm going to have you talk about a little bit now, you were talking about it's all about enjoying responsibly, which is 100%. You know, we, we'll, we'll half joke sometimes and, and say, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's a, this is a podcast for functioning alcoholics or something like that, which is obviously a blatant joke, but enjoying responsibly is really an enormous part of it. Can you, you speak, can you speak to sort of the band and you talked a little bit about, you know, not, not all the band drinks, 
right now. You right. know, so right. yeah, talk about yeah. that. Yeah, some of the band members do, some of them don't. Uh, you know, and and it, and it is uh, you know the, what is most important, and especially you know for for James Hetfield um, is that it's it's about enjoying responsibly. You know, there's, we're making a high quality whiskey to to sip to enjoy. Um, it, it's about the camaraderie. It's about the connection to uh, to other people. You know, I I, um, I used to joke that that you know that whiskey is the original social media. You know, you. you, you, you <laughs> That's you, awesome. You you, uh, you know you're you're sipping on a, a little whiskey and immediately you've got someone that you're talking and, and you just get social and it's like it is the that is um, you know I, I, that that camaraderie is important but it's also important to understand that there's a there's a work life uh, drinking balance uh, and 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 finding that responsible uh, way to enjoy uh, what we you know put a lot of uh, attention and, and craft and, and detail into so I think. You know, understanding the artistry of making whiskey, uh, enjoying it, and being able just to to, to sip and, and enjoy it. Um, there's a, there's always that balance that's important in life. All right, chasers, we're just going to pause there for this week, but don't worry, we're going to continue this conversation again next week on the Cast Chasers podcast. And in the meantime, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cast Chasers. You can also join our Facebook group. Don't forget to check out our website, which is castchasers.org for show notes, Cast Chasers swag, and much more. And until next time, remember, it's not about finding the perfect dram, it's all in the chase.